Hello again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Management Decisions here on localjobnetwork.com radio. Now, one of the goals of this podcast is to give you some insight into what it takes to succeed, particularly if you're looking at being a leader, maybe perhaps even in the upper levels of management. Now, with that in mind, leadership is always a topic that is popular on our shows. So we want to take another look at this idea, but now taking a peek at some phrases that maybe leaders should be overusing as opposed to the ones that we really don't want them to be using too often. To do that today, we're bringing in AJ Agrawal. He's the CEO and co-founder of Alumnify. He's also an entrepreneur, so he has a lot of great insight into this subject today. AJ, how are you doing? Good, Tim. Good. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you on. As I said, um, you know, you have some interesting perspectives. And I think um, when we dive into some of the details about leaders, our listeners will definitely appreciate what you bring to the table. But we always like to ask our guests, first off, we're talking about this idea of leadership. How do you define a leader or leadership in general? What's your own personal take on it? So how I define leadership is basically having somebody who paints a grand vision and then recruits amazing people to help fulfill that vision. The way I like to think about it, it's as if you were building a fire. The leader should be the one who paints the grand scheme and then has everybody else come in, delegate roles, and build that fire. But most importantly, the leader needs to be the person who gets the right people on the right seats on the bus and then step away and let them do their jobs. I think that's a great point to bring up. And I wanted to ask, maybe in a similar vein, do you feel that in some way leadership has changed in the last, say, 10, 20 years? Do you think it's always been the same, but we just look at it differently? What, uh, what are your thoughts there? I do. I think leadership has changed in a variety of ways. I think most importantly, it's our views on what a leader is that has changed. I think that originally a lot of people thought leadership was the person who needs to make all the final decisions, mm-hmm. the person that needs to understand every department in the business. Where I think recently what we found out is that the most effective leaders are actually the ones who have the ability to step away from their company and look at a grander vision of things. I think that true leadership has kind of changed from, okay, I need to roll up my sleeves and perform all the tasks to make the company successful mm-hmm. to what it is today where real leaders say, I need to recruit people who are better than myself, give them the tools for them to succeed, and then help them in any way I can. So the idea of servant leadership, I think, has really taken off and has been very effective recently. And what you're saying there definitely echoes some of the points that uh, you had brought up in an article that I had uh, seen of yours regarding, again, some of these phrases that uh, leaders should be overusing and and to your point, how it relates to this servant leadership uh, idea. So let's get into some of those those phrases. We'll talk about maybe some details, some examples of of how that works. And the first one, as I said, it, uh, it really correlates pretty well. The idea of the leader telling the people he is he's working with, and uh, maybe in that case, that I trust your judgment. Why is that important? Why should that be said more often? You know, just give us an example, maybe if you have any, of where that really comes into play and how it's effective. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times in our company, we, you have people, and, and this is very typical of people who are in executive roles. They're approached by people on their team, and they're asked, "Hey." you know, I'm really struggling to make this decision. Can you make it for me? And a lot of leaders make the mistake in just making that decision. They want to have the final call. The problem with that is when you're always making the final decision, you limit the growth of the other people on your team. Hmm. There's something very empowering of having people have the risk on their shoulders and say, listen, I trust you to make this decision. So for Alumnify, 
when I have our team members come to me, and this happens all the time where they say, I don't know what to do, I can't make this decision, I constantly say, I trust your judgment. And my advice for leaders is the next time they have an important decision, really think about how powerful it is to have another employee make that decision. I mean, worst case scenario, let's say they make the wrong decision. Even if they make that wrong decision, they've A, grown from the experience, B, have learned to trust themselves more, and C, they trust you more as a leader because you empowered them. So the growth that they gain from that usually outweighs the cons of them making that wrong decision. And leaders really can't do that enough because when they empower their employees, they're going to grow so much better. As a CEO and leader, your ultimate job is to have your employees grow. And saying I trust your judgment is one of the best ways to do that. Now, in a case like that, as you said, maybe the a mistake ends up being made. If you're a leader, is the hardest thing maybe knowing that, okay, I feel like this person is making the wrong decision and just letting it go as opposed to stepping in? Right. And, and that is one of the hardest things to do is saying, okay, listen, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the decision that they're making, right. but I want them to learn from that experience. And that takes a lot of uh, maturity as a leader to step back and say, I'm going to accept that this person, even though I don't agree with their decision, they're going to make it. Hmm. Because the way the leader needs to think about it is not just looking at, okay, is it a right or wrong decision? It's, am I helping this employee grow? Am I giving them the power to say, listen, my CEO or my leader is trusting me to make this decision. I'm going to do the best I possibly can. That's what leaders need to look at, not just the fine line between is the decision right or wrong. Instead, look at the overall effect that it's having not only on that employee, but also the company as a whole and what it speaks in, in that volume. Sure. Well, speaking of decisions, uh, maybe it's not a case where a leader truly knows what should be done or, or has an idea. And that's uh, the second part of this really is the phrase, I don't know, as a leader. That sounds extremely scary to say in that, you know, maybe it, uh, it lends itself to telling your direct reports, I don't really know what's going on. I'm not qualified. So the phrase, I don't know, you say should be used more often. Why? Yeah, I, I definitely think it, it should be used more. And the reason I say that is because, first off, when a leader tries to make up answers to things and then they're completely wrong, their team starts to lose faith in them. Sure. You see a lot of people, when they, as soon as they step into these management roles, they come under the assumptions that, oh, I need to just come up with every solution. My team's putting a lot of pressure on me. You know, I'm in this big executive role now. I need to act like I know everything. And that is one of the worst mentalities <laughs> a new leader can have. It is one of the worst. This is what I do. And we do this all the time in our management meetings where, you know, we'll be talking about a decision and, I'll, and if, I'll be truthful and I'll say, guys, I really don't know the answer. But I follow that up with, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. And we make those decisions as a group. And while some people think, oh, you know, when leaders say, I don't know, their team looks down on them, really the opposite happens, right? Your employees who say, wow, first off, our leader's admitting that he doesn't know the answer, so it makes it okay for me to speak up if I don't know the right answer. And then B, it leads you to say, all right, guys, what do you all think? And then they come in and help you make that decision. But you figure it out as a team, and, and that's the important part of saying I don't know, and you're being honest with your team members. And when you get that to become a habit throughout the company, where people can say, guys, I don't know, what you're going to find is that communication is definitely going to improve because when people say they don't know, other team members will help them. And then 
you also find out your employees are going to be so much more transparent with you when they need help, that it's going to make the company work so much better. And really overall, as a leader, you really need to set that tone. Now, is there any point or any situation where maybe a leader doesn't know, but they shouldn't just come out and openly say it? And maybe it's it's something on a, on a high level that they want to discuss with with other uh, you know executive members, perhaps. Do you see certain scenarios where it's maybe it's better to, to just, I don't want to say, you know, not fake an answer. I'm not saying that, but just not necessarily mm-hmm. put it out there. That I don't know. Maybe, you know, we'll check back with this a little bit later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that you, you obviously want to take the the I don't know in perspective where you don't just say, I don't know. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> you say, guys, I don't know, but here's exactly how we're going to find the answer. Okay. Whether it's delegating the decision, talking to the executive team, having a strong mentorship team, which I don't think enough executives really have. They, when they get up to that high in the company, they need to have a mentorship team of five to six people that they can go to. So you always follow up the I don't know with an exact strategy of, guys, I don't know the answer right now, but this is how, as a team, we're going to get to that answer. Right. No, I think it's a great point. I think uh, I think breaking it down sometimes in those uh, those specific ways will definitely help the team as a whole. Now, another thing, you know, you brought up the idea that mistakes, um, you know, are going to happen, and that it can be okay, and that's sort of what we're talking about with a couple of those those first points. But the third phrase that you mentioned, the idea uh, that leaders should overuse, is well, what did we learn from this? What What are you trying to get at with that question? Yeah. So every time there's a mistake in your company, and this happens in our company, it happened the other day where my co-founder made a mistake and I sat back and I said, okay, as a leader, what is the best way to handle this? And the big mistake that a lot of people make is they immediately start yelling at their employees, they make them feel bad. And when you look at that, that does nothing good for the organization. Sure. What you want to look at the situation as, okay, you know, if you have a failure in your company or if you don't reach a milestone or if you don't reach a goal, you want to take your team and say, okay, guys, what did we learn from this? And the reason you want to do that is because that is the best way to get the most out of failures is to sit back and say, what did we learn from this and what can we do better next time? Not enough leaders, I think, look at failures as an opportunity. A lot of leaders look at that as just a negative thing. What I like to do is look at that as an opportunity to improve. And so the best way to do that is to gather your team around and legitimately write it down and say, okay, guys, what did we do wrong here? And what can we improve next time? And when you do that, failing no longer pushes your company backward. It actually gives you an opportunity to keep moving forward because your team and your company will then learn from those mistakes and the next time you can avoid them. So it's really looking at failure in a whole new light. It's looking at it as a way to actually take your failures and grow from it, as opposed to looking at failures as just your company taking a step backwards. And how does that relate to possibly the future and taking risks? Is this something that helps that in some way? Does it have any effect? What is your take? Yeah. So I think what it does for risks is obviously in companies, risk is essential. I think that what learning from your failures does is ensures that you're taking smart risks. Okay. Because when you're, when you're going to take a risk, the important part to look at is, okay, have we done something like this in the past? What in our past has showed us that this is a right risk or a wrong risk? So when you step back and learn from your failures, the next time you're going to take a risk, you're going to say, okay, guys, we tried something similar to this three months ago. This is what we learned from it. So maybe when we take this risk, we go about it in a different strategy, in different light. So in a sense, it really mitigates the amount of risk that you're taking 
when you make those risky decisions. Now, for the most part here, we've been talking about, uh, you know, sort of, as you said, being that that servant leader and being able to collaborate with those uh, maybe that you are leading or give them the decision themselves. But there might be times that a leader really is needed to make that decision. What phrase would they be using in that situation that uh, perhaps would be better off used in uh, certain cases? Right. So that's definitely the phrase, I'll, I'll take care of it. And that's one that, as a leader, you know, I, I think that servant leadership is great most of the time, but there are certain times where as the CEO of the company, as a leader of your company, you need to have, you know, I'm going to give a basketball example. With five seconds left on the clock, you're going to be the best one to take that shot and you have to have the ball in your hands. And to give you an example of that, for Alumnify, when we go out and do fundraising, when we fundraise money, you know, that always falls on my shoulders. And it's not because my other team members can't do it. It's that in the end, I'm the best one for the job. And I think a big part of being a leader is being able to step up and admit that. So what you want to do is you want to speak up and say, guys, this is what I do better than anybody else in the company. And a lot of leaders make the mistake of saying, oh, that sounds you know cocky or overconfident. But you'll know when you're the best one for a particular job. Mm-hmm. And it's essential as a leader to speak up and say, this is what I'm good at have everybody else handle what they're good at. And then when your team comes to you and says, hey, we need to get this done and you're the best person for the job, you need to make sure in those situations you do absolutely whatever it takes to perform the task and excel at it. And the reason for that is one of the most important qualities of great leadership is that people need to be able to trust you and fall back on you. I mean, in today's, today's world, companies, it's like a roller coaster ride. And so a leader needs to be that stable person in the company who people can rely on. So whenever it's, whether it's fundraising money, closing a sale, when my team says, AJ, you know, we need to put you in this role. I mean, there is basically, I will do whatever it takes to complete that task because I know in those certain situations, I'm the best man for the job. So it's important that I do whatever it takes to really make it happen. Right. Can that be perhaps uh, a situation where you really... Uh, as you said, trust being so important, where you really take that step forward as a leader or on the flip side, if you aren't able to follow through, there could be a lot of damage done. Is this an area where uh, you have to proceed with caution in a lot of cases? It is. It is. And you have to be particularly cautious of when you say that phrase, I'll take care of it. What you want to ensure is that when you say that, it's for a duty that you are truly the best person to do that job. Right. So, you know, if it's something for Alumnify where it has to deal with design. We have a fantastic designer who has 15 years of UI, you know, UX experience. He's phenomenal. I'm not going to go in and say, I'm going to take care of a design job because I know I'm not the best person for that particular role. However, what I like to do in an exercise that I recommend for people in executive positions is write down on a piece of paper what you think you do better than anybody else in your company. And usually for me, it's only one or two things. And then whenever things like that come up in the company, that's when you say, I'll take care of it. Because as a leader of the company, you know that you're going to have the best shot of completing that goal or reaching that task when you're in the driver's seat. So you want to use it in certain instances where you know that you're the best one to complete the job, but you definitely don't want to do it when you have other and better team members to do it. Speaking of team members, uh, that brings us to our final phrase, if you will, that leaders should overuse. According here to AJ, we're talking with today from Alumnify. 
And that is the idea that we're all in this together. Why is that important to be uttering and mentioning? And in, in what cases, what situations should you remind your team that this is going on? One of the most important situations, and it's something that leaders don't focus on enough, is when your team accomplishes something. So to give you an example, when we won one of the largest pitch competitions in San Diego, I was interviewed after because I was the one who actually pitched the company. And they said, what does it feel like to win this award? You know, what did you have to do? And I immediately thought to myself, okay, the way this person's asking this question, it's as if I won this award. Mm -hmm. When in truth, my team is the one who made our, you know, our pitch deck. We had our CTO who, you know, trained me on what I was going to say. It was all a team effort. And so you need to look back as a leader and say, listen, when you start to accomplish things, when you're asked to give interviews, when you're asked to speak to customers who are satisfied with the product, you always mention that it's your team who completed it, not you. Really, the ideal situation is that the CEO and leader of the company is actually the dumbest one in the room, <laughs> and you just recruit people who are so much better than you. That's the ideal situation, honestly. And I tell that my team that all the time because the truth is, is that our company would be nowhere unless we had great people besides the CEO of the company. So really, it's important for leaders to understand that when you start to see success, when people ask to interview you, when you start to win awards, that you give all your credit back to your team. And when you fail at the same time, you don't put blame on a particular person. You fail as a team and you win as a team. And you can establish that culture. Everybody's going to start to put 150% into the company. The team will grow together and you yourself will become a better leader because you'll understand that the reason why your team is succeeding is because all of you have stuck together throughout everything, win or lose. And I think that is really the foundation of building a great company. AJ, I appreciate uh, some of the insights you've given us, your perspective uh, with some of your experiences uh, personally as well. We are getting low on time, but I wanted to give you the floor here at the end. If there's any other phrase or if there's any situation or anything you want to bring up in general regarding leadership that you think would be a good takeaway for our listeners today, the floor is yours here for the last 30 seconds or so. Yeah, I would say just remember for anybody who's entering that leadership position that more leaders ruin their company by doing too much rather than doing too little. When you first enter into that role, take a step back, put people in the right seats and give them time to grow. And when you focus almost every decision on how your team can grow, you'll not only become an effective leader, your team will respect you more and overall your company will reach new heights. So that'd be the the final piece of advice I could give out to leaders out there. I think that is a fine way to close out this episode of Management Decisions. Again, we've been talking about leadership and the leadership phrases that ones maybe should be overusing when they are looking over a team or maybe even running a company as a whole. And today we have been talking with AJ Agrawal. He is the CEO and co-founder of Alumnify, an entrepreneur himself as well. AJ, thanks again for coming on, sharing your insights. We do appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. And of course, as always, if uh, you're interested in giving us some feedback, maybe asking some questions, just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can use the hashtag LJNRadio there to join into some conversations. For everybody here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.